Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. What's up, you guys? Welcome to the January 23rd edition, the 123 edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher, getting ready for some season long talk. A lot of injuries this week, a lot of rotation tweaks. We got a lot of topics to talk about. We're going to kind of zip through them. Looking to do so is Ryan Canas. What's up, man? Nothing. Uh, excited to do some season long chat. I love DFS, but this is my first and true love. Right? We've been, uh, you and I have been playing fantasy for, I don't even know, man. I started playing fantasy football. Steve's got us beat probably combined. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dr. A. Alexander. But, uh, I mean, I probably started playing fantasy at, like, 2000, I want to say. I've been playing for yeah, so long. Yeah, I think I was uh, – I might have you beat a little bit there. But uh, Steve, as, as you mentioned, I think he started when um, people were just taking box scores out of newspapers yep. and tallying it up. Yeah. That's crazy old school. I love it. Yeah, I used to – I remember um, I did a college bowl season fantasy that I did kind of old school style where it was, wasn't on the computer – like I would write up all all the quarterbacks, running backs, receivers, tight ends, all mm-hmm. that stuff, and I would uh, rank them, give them prices, and put all their stats for people, and then we would do a draft based on how they would do in the bowl game. And it took it took me like five six hours to do, but I loved it, man. It was so much fun. Nice. Actually, I had a I'll add I had a, I had Antonio I had Antonio Brown in, in that when I remember doing it. So I've oh, always wow. I've always had a, a big thing for him, and he had a huge bowl game. Uh, back in the day, but yeah, go. Uh, what are you gonna say? No, I don't. I don't really follow baseball these days. But back when I was a kid, I used to have baseball cards, and I basically had a, a homemade version of War that I made up, where I would take <laughs> two different stacks of cards and then flip them over and compare the stats, and like they could win different categories. Like if they had a, you know, if it was a pitcher versus a batter, I don't know what I did. But uh, anyway, yeah, it's my own little statistical game that I made up. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I, I saw some of my old ba- uh, baseball and football and basketball cards, and I got some gems in there. I've got uh, Sha- yeah, it's fun to look. At. Yeah, it's pretty cool. We could talk about that another day. Let's get to this, man. We got so much to talk about. Uh, a lot of injuries this week. Uh, we're gonna kick it off with the most recent one of the bunch, and that's Demar Derozan. Uh, he's gonna miss at least two games here. So, what's your takeaway on this? Norman Powell's played terribly lately. Uh, meanwhile, Demar Carroll's playing a little bit better, and Terrence Ross, man. Underrated, really underrated players. So I would assume Ross is the big beneficiary. He's been kind of holding standard league value lately. So with the DeRozan thing, would you pick up Ross and start him this week? Uh, I think do the Raptors have four games, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, if it's a four-game week, he's okay. I mean, you know, if you have a dead spot in your roster, you're dealing with some injuries or something, um, rolling him out there makes sense. I'm with you. I'm not psyched about Norman Powell. Uh, Corey Joseph gets a slight boost, but nothing huge. And Tamari Carroll, I think, gains more than people might think because his minutes have been hovering in the mid, maybe high 20s lately. And part of that's because the power forward rotation is kind of getting sticky right now. So if there's more minutes, you know, available at small forward going going down the chain, I think that helps care. Yeah, definitely. Uh, should see a nice usage bump. And, yeah, confirm four games on Toronto this week. So, yeah, I mean, I don't see how Ross doesn't put up top 100 value this week. So, I mean, you can take that for sure. Um, he's going to have to get a lot of shots. Uh, and then yeah, also, you mentioned he, he should just be launching shots all day. Yeah, he's gonna, and then Kyle Lowry should be a beast. Kyle Lowry should be probably top five asset this week, assuming, assuming he shoots the ball reasonably well. Um, and then I guess just quickly, um, with Jared Sollinger back and Bebe Nogueira back, how do you, it looks like they're going to, they kind of use Sollinger as a center right now, as far as what I've seen with their rotations. So does he do anything for you as a pickup? I mean, Solinger's had some good runs, but really low percentages, not a shot blocker. Does he do anything for you? Not really. Just with, with Naguera in there getting heavy minutes, and Patterson's going to come back soon. Yep. Carroll can play power forward. It's just there's too much of a pinch. So unless there's some sort of trade, that doesn't seem likely. Yeah. Uh, and they are multiple reports saying that they're looking for a power forward. Obviously, the Millsap one is probably the biggest of the bunch. Okay, so a guy that's trending up on the injury report is Blake Griffin. He is not going to play today, but it sounds like he's got a good shot tomorrow, and it's he's a heavy favorite to play this week. 
So with Blake back, obviously you're going to use him when he comes back. But what's the fallout there? No CP3 for another five-ish weeks, five, six weeks. Um, so I guess we talked about this last week with the Raymond Felton versus Austin Rivers factor. Obviously, Maurice Spates would be a big loser in this bunch. And he started over the weekend. Uh, so I, we'll, we'll go back to that Austin Rivers-Felton thing. Do you see either of those two guys taking a hit? If so, which one? I don't think it's going to be a huge hit, but I think uh, of the two, Rivers probably gets hit the most. Um, but, you know, Blake's probably going to have the ball in his hands a lot, so both of their usage and assists might take a take a dip. Um, there's certainly no winners other than Blake in this situation. Yep. So would you – how do you feel like – I've had people, i told people to kind of cut Rivers for, like, guys that are solid. Like, someone asked me Rivers for Damari Carroll, and I said I would rather have Damari Carroll. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there, even though yeah. Carroll's been pretty bad lately. Um, yeah. But, yeah, he, he's got more upside and more rest of season upside. I, I just prefer him. Yep. And then DeAndre Jordan's used straight will take a dip. Um, we've seen him have some pretty huge games. Had a career high the other day, what, on Thursday against the Wolves. So he would take a hit. Uh, other interesting things here. Um, yeah, Rivers Rivers usage takes a massive hit when Blake's in there. So I think Rivers is going to take a... Uh, sounds like I think he's going to take a harder hit than you think. Because uh, he's really dependent on his scoring. And that's where that's kind of Blake's thing. So I think, I think Felton can hold value without the scoring hit. Yeah. Okay, so move on to Avery Bradley. We'll hit this quickly because we kind of have this figured out. He's going to miss another week. Uh, we see Marcus Smart. Uh, usage is high, minutes are high, but we know the efficiency is always terrible. Had a pretty good game, even though the efficiency was down, uh, what, like 17, 5 and 5, I want to say, against the Blazers in an OT game. Uh, he was on the injury report for an ankle injury super quick, but he looked fine. So if, you're, if you don't care about your field goal percentage, man, uh, I think Smart's going to have a really good week. Yeah, and he's been phenomenal in every category except field goal percentage. Well, phenomenal's a bit strong, but um, you, you'd almost, like, as someone who owns him in a couple leagues, I almost don't want him to shoot. I don't care if he doesn't score. Just don't tank me in field goal percentage. I mean, he's taken 10 shots per game over the past two weeks, and he's shooting under 30%. Uh, it's just a, a heavy anchor on his value. But he's knocking down his free throws lately. The turnovers are reasonable. Um, 2.3 steals over that span, four boards, almost five assists. So, I mean, he's getting it done. You almost have to play him. But, yeah, if you're in a roto league and you're worried about field goal percentage, I don't know. That's a It becomes a tougher choice. And then after that, another guy who had a big Saturday was Terry Rozier. Hit a game-tying three late to help get it to overtime. Um, he's sneaky, man. Uh, I'm a big Rozier guy. I think he's played a lot better. Uh, he was really, really good in the preseason so, four games? I mean, I could see him being like a top 120 guy this week without Bradley in there, man. I think he's going to be sneaky. Yeah, he's decent. I mean, I'd play him over a guy like Norman Powell, that's mm, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you only get, you're only going to get two good games out of Powell where you get probably four. I think you're going to get about 100 or 80 minutes out of Rogier, 20 per. Probably yeah, give me about more. 60 points, 15-ish assists, man. It's pretty solid. Okay, so we'll move on to some non-injury stuff. A little bit of injury mixed in with this. It's the Nuggets, man. Uh, really fun game. If you were watching some football yesterday, you missed a good one with basketball with uh, Jokic versus Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, man, I, is, is Jokic really quick? Is Jokic the best passing big man already, man? Oh, he's so good. Yeah, we, we, we tried to think of a better big, big man yeah, passer a couple weeks ago and really couldn't come up with one. Um, you got to give it to him. I mean, he, he has some ludicrous highlight reel passes. So but. good since we talked about that. I, like, I think he's pulling yeah. away, man. I, I, I can't give it to Kassan anymore. As far as, especially on the creativity angle and, I guess, watchability, if you will, uh, he's by far the best. He throws some sick passes. Yeah, uh, but awesome. anyways, uh, back on track here. Man, Jamal Murray was really good yesterday. Uh, I thought he had his most kind of consistent game, uh, mistake-free, if you will. Uh, only had one turnover, three assists, seven and thirteen from the field, misses two threes. I, I was really impressed with what Jamal Murray did. He and Jokic had a really good rapport. They were more. I mean, Jokic makes Moutier look so much better, and he kind of did the same thing for Murray. So, where are we at on this? Emmanuel Moody still got the back injury flared up on um, aggravation. So, we may see a good amount of Murray and Nelson. I thought Nelson was going to play like 35 minutes, but really Murray playing well cut him down a little bit. 
Yeah, and it was it was surprising actually to see Nelson get back in the game for the the last yeah. uh, whatever it was five minutes almost um, when Murray Murray was thriving prior to that. And you would have thought just ride the hot hand, but uh, Malone had different ideas. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I'm not. You know, Murray was really impressive last night, but I'm not buying it necessarily in terms of a pickup or anything. Right. Um, I mean, dude's shooting below 38%. He's got 1.7 assists to 1.2 turnovers on the season. Uh, he only played backup point guard last night because Moutier was out. And uh, someone, I think a couple of uh, Nuggets beat writers pointed out that the amount of offense that can run through Jokic makes their point guard almost uh, second rate. Like, you, you come in as a backup when Jokic <laughs> has the ball and is passing as well as he does. Um so yeah, just there's not a lot to like for me about Murray. Yeah, definitely not. It's more like the takeaway for me was I I like Nelson a lot. When I saw Moody get hurt on Saturday, I'm like yeah, pick up Nelson. So I think the takeaway is man, I don't really like Nelson as much because uh, we've seen Nelson when he starts, he's pretty good. Um, but I think it's if this is I thought like I said this is gonna be I thought it was gonna be more of a 35 13 point guard minute split, but now it's gonna probably be like 30 18 it something like that. So. Yeah, I would pretty much just ignore that. And then the other big thing from uh, Sunday was Gary Harris returned with a minutes limit, quote-unquote. Uh, he played 35 minutes. Awesome game from him. Team high 22. Six boards, three assists. He should not be on your waiver wire right now. Uh, a lot of injuries. What? Foot, groin, ankle. Um, but, yeah, he's when he's on, he's good. And we've seen him grow so much. He was spectacular post-break. Really sneaky mid-round guy last year. Um, so what are your expectations for Harris, and how does this affect Will Barton? Uh, clear hit to Barton, but we've seen Barton uh, put up solid value off the bench before, so I'm not I'm not terrified by that. I think he's, he's a clear hold. Um, but if today's chat is any indication, people are not as high on Harris as they should be. <laughs> there were a lot, lot of questions asking, you know, Harris or, or XYZ, and almost always the players they were comparing him to were significantly worse. Um, so I, I know the injuries have been a bit of a concern. His numbers rarely jump off the box score, but, man, if you look at what he does consistently he just the dude he needs to be on so yeah for sure I mean there he is really I, I love Will Barton but man him and Moutier they, they can't defend on the outside they need Gary Harrison there and Moutier said as much uh, as has Mike Malone so yeah. of the two like, and I'm with you Barton's gonna take a hit for sure like Barton without Harris was like mid-round-ish but with him he's gonna be kind of I think 100 120 uh yeah with me on that yeah, I think so. And one one other note I want to mention about last night's game is uh, uh, Nurkic, the DMPCD, it mm. seems. What are we doing there? Um, I don't know. I mean, if you own him, you're basically have just been praying for a trade, and I guess that's still the tact. Um, but, I mean, I, I haven't owned him all season, and if I did, I would cut him immediately. Yeah, you're the, you're the low man of the crew. Jonas is the high man. Steve and I are in the middle. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm I'm more on your side uh, with that. Um, but yeah, just back to Gary Harris. He has a, a 1.4 uh, net rating when he's on the court. I mean, for a team that's not winning games, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then when he's off, they're minus three six. And Jokic, when Jokic is off, it's minus seven eight. That guy's man, he's so good. Okay, uh, we'll move on. We got a lot to talk about. We're just gonna hit the process quickly. We've got this kind of figured out. Uh, it'll be Jaleel Okafor, a little dinged up with an ankle, but he should be all right. So what are we doing here? I mean, you got to kind of bench Embiid if you have him in a weekly league with two games off. Um, and then Nerwin's the well, who's been a little disappointing. Uh, had the foul trouble and the ankle injury in that other game without Embiid. And then he wasn't really good on Saturday uh, against the Hawks in a blowout. So what are your takeaways with Embiid sitting? Um yeah, I mean, I'd prefer to start Noel over Okafor if I had the choice, if that was just a, a one or the other situation. But Embiid, yeah, I mean, he's still probably going to play two games, so he's he's possible that you could start him, but with so many teams playing four games, most owners should have better options there. Yeah, I have with you there. Uh, well, he's only going to get, yeah, probably two games. If I mean, they may even be careful, man. They They do not like this guy to play hurt. Yeah, all. weekly right. Weekly lineups. It's tough to gamble on. Yeah, on I mean, Philly's got, staff clearing him to play. Yeah, there's got to be someone else you can play. Uh, as much as I always trust the process, can't do it. Um, but yeah, uh, Ersan Eliasova, I see, is a beneficiary. I think he's almost a must start this week. 
uh, especially with four games. We'll see what they do with the homie Dario, who's ice cold lately. Uh, what, 2-22 from the field in his last two, so he's got to find his he's, shot. But he's playing well, though. It's just that he can't hit his shot. He's kind of got the the Covington-itis, as I, as I like to call it. <laughs> he just can't <laughs> hit shots. It's pretty Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so one, a couple few things, and we've got a lot to talk about. Never mind. So uh, I want to talk some Frank Vogel. Uh, I am proud to say I have come up with a new nickname for him uh, because he hates Mario so much. I'm calling him Bowser from now on. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, man, he hates that guy, man. Uh, like He's got Princess locked up in the castle and no, no fire flowers for this guy. Uh, he... What DJ Augustine went down in the first quarter, so you would assume that, and he didn't play the rest of the game. So I would have thought, okay, I don't have a backup point guard. I really don't have a backup shooting guard because they consider Mario a three. So I would have started Mario in the third quarter, play CJ and DJ's role, and go from there. But that the tweak was, okay, we'll give Jeff Green more minutes at the three against the Golden State Warriors, <laughs> and. <laughs> They got killed. I mean, come on, dude. Like, wake up, man. I don't, like, I understand that Mario's not playing well, but this team isn't good. Um, so I guess if DJ's going to miss some time, and he limped off, it doesn't sound too bad, but he's going to probably miss a little bit. Um, so you have, you're a CJ Watson owner in our 30-man league. So I guess, uh, besides my frustrations, what are, you, what are you thinking about the Magic right now? Uh, yeah, they're just a mess. They're, uh, <laughs> night to night, you don't know what you're going to get. Um, Aaron Gordon is great one night, terrible the next. You got someone like C.J. Watson playing 33 minutes. You mentioned it while Hazonia is just playing 22, even though there's a clear path to more minutes with both Fournier and, and Meeks out. Um, it's just a rough situation. I mean, uh, Vooch's owners are frustrated. Ibaka played 20-something minutes last night. His owners weren't thrilled with that. Um, and it's not resulting in wins. So you'd think that he'd want to settle down on a better rotation, but it's, just, it's not happening. And I think as long as the Magic are still in the playoff hunt, sort of, I mean, right now they're uh, four and a half games out. I think if they drop much further, there might be a sort of um, mandate to play someone like Hazonia more minutes. And that's all we can really hope for, because, yeah, it's just a sloppy situation. There's there's no one you can rely on nightly. And even, you know, I own Watson in a 30 deep league, and I'm still hesitant to start him, so there's not a lot of value there, despite him getting heavy minutes. Um, it's just a mess. Yeah, I I don't think I... Well, besides Mario in a 30, man, I don't think I own any Magic players, man. They're just so... Good for you. Yeah, they're so annoying, man. Like, easily, easily the worst team to watch in basketball. Like, not even close. I, I can't even think of someone yeah. even close to them. I would agree, because even terrible teams like the Nets and Nets uh, are fun, you know, man. Nets are in my top ten to watch. to watch. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like I almost top five for other. Yeah. We'll get to the Nets in a little bit, but I can't think of a team that's even close to is like like when you and I and Jonas and all everyone who covers blurbs and they have a Magic game. I'm like, ah, Magic. I have to watch this yeah. game. <laughs> so. The Knicks have have Porzingis as their saving yeah. grace. Yeah, exactly. Like every, like every team's got something. Yeah, before uh, what two and a half ish years ago, before the Giannis thing was about uh, what it is now, I used to hate the Bucks. I used to hate watching them, and now I love them obviously because Giannis is a number one highlight likely player, or what? Him and Joel Embiid are like one two for me. Yeah, monsters. And Karis Avert. Uh, <laughs> all right, so let's hit some trade talk. Uh, Mark Stein and Chris Haynes, two really really credible people. Uh, tweeted out a Rubio and Reggie Jackson trade with a little bit of uh, Shabazz Muhammad mixed in there. Uh, Stan Van Gundy shot it down hard, called it crazy talk. So my takeaway was, okay, this is more about the Rubio trade side. So with that, and Chris Dunn played, with the, man, that game was so good last night. If you watch football, you really missed out. <laughs> so what are we doing here? Uh, Chris Dunn, we've talked about him. He's had really bad efficiency issues, and I mean his upside's not great. Tyus Jones has been kind of hit or miss. Um, so what's your takeaway with Rubio, who's also a little dinged up? Uh, he was out for personal reasons officially, but he does have a hip injury and could miss more time. So what are you doing here? Would you pick up anybody um, stacked up against, uh, I don't know, um, I, I don't even know uh, Terry Rozier. Like that's kind. Of, I'm, I'm like Terry Rozier, Chris Dunn, and that, that's how kind of low I am. And I would probably sure. rather start Rozier for the week. 
You mean for this week? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. For more just sort of secure minutes and a uh, better role, I'd probably go with Rogier this week just because we don't know that Rubio is going to miss more time. Mm. Um, he did travel with the team. The hip injury, we haven't really heard anything about. It kind of got, uh, you know, pushed to the background once he was out for personal reasons. Um, so we'll have to see what happens there. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, we discussed the, the Dunn situation last week, and not too much has changed. He's basically a very promising stash. Um, if you're sitting pretty in your league and you're heading towards the playoffs and kind of want to bolster your point guard spot, especially with some steals, uh, sure, grab grab him, put him on your bench, and see what happens trade-wise. Um, I mentioned that the report, I believe, from Stein said that the Wolves were hoping to also get back in any deal like a you know first-round draft pick in a quote-unquote bridge veteran point guard who could start until done is ready. Yep. So that gives me a bit of pause that he, you know, he's not immediately going to step into a 34-minute role. Um, but yeah, he's a, he's a fine stash. And um, on the Reggie Jackson side of it, I watched the whole Van Gundy refutation video, <laughs> and he seemed both incredibly adamant and honest, and he had some really good points. He was like, sh- like sure, did someone call? And we listened to a discussion about Reggie Jackson, probably. Um, but that happens 15 times a day with every team in the league. So you could say it about any player. Um, and he, he floated the idea of uh, doing a study showing what percentage of reported trade rumors actually come true, which I think would be fascinating. So good. That guy, he is a – him and Pop, man. I, yeah, I, would I recommend vote, watching that yeah, whole video. Yeah, <laughs> I, would vote, I would vote for them in a split second. Um, and now that I had a second to think about it, I think Chris Dunn's upside is in like perfect ceiling – is what Marcus Smart is right now with without Bradley. Uh, he's going to be a guy who's going to fill it up, going to kill you in percentage, uh, even more so in free throw than Smart would. So, I mean, if you're like, oh, I'm excited to stash this guy because he could be Marcus Smart, like, you're really not going to be. So, I, I don't know. I'm not too excited. I think Tyus Jones is a higher upside, to be honest. That's a good comparison with Smart. And yeah. yeah, you just got to be aware of his limitations, the fact that his role's not guaranteed. There's there's a lot of question marks. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather have uh, a guy we'll get to shortly, obviously. Uh, but let's talk about a big man who kind of had a big week out of nowhere. We really haven't talked about this guy yet. I am a proud owner in 30-man for Ivanka Zubats. Uh, like robots, but Zubats is the pronunciation. Uh, he's been pretty good. He had kind of the breakout game against the Nuggets on Tuesday. He had that 11-13, three-block, one-steal game in 26 minutes. Uh, we saw him show up on the radar a little bit yesterday in garbage time. He's skilled, man. I've always liked this guy since Summer League. He's got a lot of charisma. Uh, the Lakers are really bad. They've only won, what, one game in their last seven, I want to say, six, I want to say. So they're bad. Um, they're gonna, they want that top three pick, man. They need that top three pick. Uh, they're just mm-hmm. not good right now. D'Angelo Russell's banged up. Uh, really good opportunity for Zubats. Obviously not a stash. Uh, anything you want to add on that? And I guess what's your takeaway with the Russell angle? I mean, they started Brandon Ingram yesterday for a historically bad game. Minus 45, plus minus 36 minutes. It was a minus 67 net rating. Uh, just unbelievably bad game from him. Uh, we saw Nick Young play 27 minutes, and that was with garbage time. Uh, Cal, uh, Calderon's in the mix a little bit. So, uh, what what are you taking away from the Lakers right now? Yikes! Um, yeah, I mean, Zubats, you you own him in thirty deep, and I'm jealous of that. I think he's drafted uh, him last pick, got, and I've held him. Yeah, he's got a really interesting uh, rest of the season potential. Obviously, they have no reason to continue uh, playing Timofey Mozgov or Tariq Black or really anyone. Um, down the stretch, which it sounds like Luke, Wal- Luke Walton's not going to just immediately flip a switch and suddenly all the young guys are playing 30-plus minutes. Um, but it's trending in that direction, and it seems inevitable. So, yeah, I like him, but only really in, you know, obviously the very deepest leagues at, at the moment. Mm. Uh, but a guy to keep an eye on, for sure. Um, Ingram, I've been leery of all season. I've just... When you look at a rookie who's shooting below 37% from the field, below 68% from the line... Um, you know, not giving you many defensive stats at all. There's there's so many red flags that I, I can't like him. Even with his minutes increasing, that just means he's going to hurt you more in the percentage categories, um, offsetting any potential gains in counting stats. And I just I continue to avoid him, and I don't regret it. Yeah, um, and I'll add on Zubats, uh, Jonas. We're in a 14 team lead together, and he picked him up. And if that's yeah, because yeah. he's a he's a Lakers fan, 
Yeah, he knows I like him, and I beat him to Levert pretty much by like a day and a half because um, I, ha- I had to pick up Levert. This is probably like three- I picked I picked Levert up like three weeks ago in this league, <laughs> but yeah, he picked him up. But um, one thing I want to mention on Ingram, his shot selection was great coming into Sunday, but I don't know what the heck he was doing yesterday. So many fadeaway, one-footed shots. I mean, maybe because Dirk was around. That's not his game, man. And I don't, I don't know what happened to him. Maybe it was the day game factor or whatever it was. But uh, I still like Ingram a little bit as a stash. Obviously, I want to see some more defensive stats out of him. So I think he's an okay stash. But uh, they're, they're going to play him more. So there's a little bit to like. And another guy we haven't talked about also is Larry Nance. Uh, he made his return. Only played 10 minutes. He was red hot before he got hurt. Uh, mm-hmm. So I actually picked him up in a few. Uh, the Zubats factor hurts him a little bit because they were playing that Randall-Nance 4-5 combo a little bit earlier, uh, which is kind of what got Nance going when he was hot. So, But I think they're going to take away from Tariq Black and my boy Thomas Robinson, the truck. So uh, I like Nance. I, I picked him up in a couple. Uh, what are your thoughts on Nance? Yeah, I like him too. Um, it depends, you know, how quickly his minutes rise. But he's a quintessential roto guy. He's not really going to help you in points leagues. But you look at his efficiency from the field. He doesn't hurt you from the line. Uh, like basically no turnovers. Decent defensive stats. He's yeah, he, he's been very impressive when on the court. And if Julius Randle ever gets hurt, he has the potential to be an, like a monster. So um, yeah, I like I like owning him, um, especially if you're in a deeper league and you you have Randle. You might as well just handcuff him. Yeah, that guy doesn't put the ball on the floor like ever. It's pretty much he probably has more points per game than dribbles per game. That's not true, but uh, <laughs> he, he he's very very low turnovers because he just is just strictly scoring. And yeah, he adds defensive stats, decent rebounder, man. A lot of lots to like on that guy. Okay, so we've reached my favorite portion of the podcast, uh, and that's Karis Levert. Uh, we've talked about him for about a month now. I want to say, and we've had, it's been a Levert week, baby. I'm so pumped right now. Uh, and actually, I have to, I'll tweet this out after. Uh, I'm in a Yahoo league, and they'll, tw- they'll have a little picture of who your number one player was for the past week. <laughs> and Karis Levert pictures right there. Oh, number 36 in the past week. So uh-huh. he's, he's my best player. I still won that week 6-3, just so you know. Uh, I was going to say, that doesn't sound great. But... Right. No, <laughs> and I, I beat an arch rival, uh, I'm, I'm proud to say. Uh, I beat him convincingly 6-3. So, and I won the 6-3 category, in those six categories convincingly again. Okay, so. <laughs> all right, I talked about Karis Levert all week. If you listen to DFS, you've heard me talk about it for probably about like three hours. Uh, so I'll just hand it to you. What are your thoughts on Karis Levert, fantasy upside, and as far as like eye test goes? What, what, what do you like? I mean, let's start with the eye test that he passes with flying <laughs> colors. He's been he's been incredible, and um, yeah, just a natural feel for the game. And you can see why the Nets were so high on him, and and the fact that you know he was projected as a lottery pick before all the um, concerns about injuries caught up to him, which are legitimate. I mean, for he sure. said how many three? three? Yeah, three foot fractures. Two, yeah, two three, the same three, exact bone. Same foot, yeah. Uh, so that's obviously a huge concern, and that also makes me think that maybe Brooklyn would be wary of playing him. You know, he hasn't played more than 27 minutes all season, and I don't see why they would play him more than that because it's a lost season. They're developing uh, him, but they don't want to push him to the point that he might hurt himself. So I, I think that his minutes might be limited, but that said, he, he needs to be out. He's, uh, yeah, he's been terrific lately. And it's very gratifying because we, we talked about him, I want to say, two or three weeks ago on the podcast, and we were comparing him to this player and that player and basically taking him every time. Yeah. And, and then he went out the next day and had an absolute dud. Yeah. <laughs> I, think he, I, think, I think he went scoreless with two turnovers or something. Like, it was, it was ridiculous. But since that point, he's been amazing. Um, yeah, great shot selection, uh, hitting three-pointers. I mean, his range is, is there. He's just He does it all so well. Anyone who's heard about him for three hours from you uh, listening to the DFS <laughs> podcast, I apologize, but I needed to uh, just diffuse about him for a bit. I'll add two things. Uh, one, I think he's going to be spectacular in steals. Uh, I think once he gets to that consistent 24, 27-minute roll a night, he's going to be at around 1.3, 1.4, 1.5, 1.5 maybe even higher than that. Uh, and then two, Brooklyn is number one in pace convincingly. Uh, those are two awesome things for him. And he's efficient. Uh, he's really, yeah. really... Yeah. I mean, this guy can score, man. Uh, if, if you follow me on Twitter, you've seen... I'll tweet out probably about like eight or, eight or nine things about Levert uh, on video. Uh, so what else are we taking away? We saw the Nets rest some guys. We saw Sean Kilpatrick get rested and then come back and kind of disappoint a little bit. Had the ball in his hands. 
Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie's really fallen off lately, and I think honestly, do you know who leads guards and blocks per game? By the way, I kind of gave it away. <laughs> uh, why don't you? Why don't you tell me? Isaiah Whitehead. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, he's uh, a pretty shocking. good, yeah, pretty good blocks guy. Uh, he's got upside, man. A high usage guy in college. So, um, you obviously can't pick him up. Um, but what do you? What do you like? Would you dare? I don't. Do you see Whitehead having any any sort of upside? They're going to play him more, I think. Yeah, I mean he he's a guy I'm keeping an eye on, but I'm not owning. I'm not stashing. I'm not too psyched. Um, and here's a related question. Do you think that Jeremy Lin is done? Are the Nets going to bring him back? What's going on there? He's out for a long time, man. I don't see him coming back till March. I'm not sashing him. They don't, like, every quote up until today where they said he's out, like, three to five weeks with an aggravation, he's probably done, man. And that's kind of why I like Whitehead a little bit, especially in points leagues. He's going to kill it. He's like Chris Dunn. Uh, another guy who's just going to be bad in field goal percentage. Like we said, he uh, he has .6 blocks. Uh, that's more than Alfred Payton, who is number two with uh, almost, almost six minutes more per game. Which, which that's yeah. crazy, man. Uh, point guard, point guard rookie. I think Bledsoe was a uh, rookie point guard, and he was like first, second, or third uh, back in the days with the Clippers. But anyways, um, yeah, yeah, I, I like Whitehead a little bit as far as like stash him. If if you're like benching guys and you don't care about what you're stashing, and they're like a sixteen team, I can right. see picking up Whitehead and see see if he can get a lift because Dinwiddie's Dwitty's been pretty bad lately. Yeah, and there were a couple owners in the chat today saying that they'd already clinched for the playoffs, which is incredible. So they must have amazing teams. Right, um, or they play in bad leagues. <laughs> yeah, and I'm saying, or so in a situation like that, if you're in a super deep league, sure, grab a guy who might take off in the second half. Um, but also, Lynn's long-term injury helps just to circle back and close this Nets loop. Uh, it helps Levert because he's got 14 dimes over the past three games. His playmaking has looked great, got the yeah. ball in his hands more. Um, so just another reason to, to, to love the kid. That's the other thing I wanted to add. In a second unit, and the reason why Whitehead's turnovers have really fallen off is because he's played off ball a ton. Uh, and it's been my boy Levert running the offense, man. And he has a really good rapport with a lot of the guys. Him and Ronda have a good rapport. Uh, Brooke as well. They, they run a lot of handoff stuff where it's Levert to Brooke and Levert will kind of come around and stuff. They run that play a lot. I mean, they they love. They're all in on this guy. Uh, okay, so anything else on the Nets you want to add? Uh, obviously, they've got the rest coming up. With they'll rest Booker on back to backs. They rested Justin Hamilton surprisingly in a back to back. Patrick was a surprise rest. I, they haven't rested Bohan yet, which is surprising to me. I thought they were resting Bohan on, and then Joe Harris. I had to bench him in thirty deep. So, anything else you want to add? Good. Now we can move on. Okay, so we'll talk some more stashes here. Um, mustache almost right now is Chris Middleton. He's getting shots up pregame, coming around, doing some conditioning stuff. Multiple reports are saying All Star breaks kind of the target. ESPN, Chris Haynes, my boy, best media basketball player uh, in the NBA. <laughs> um, he he's reporting that they're shooting for before All Star break. Man, it's January twenty third, so you're talking two weeks or so. So I, I mean, if you're sitting pretty like these guys that have are in bad leagues, I don't see how you leave Middleton on the wire, man. Like even when he comes back, I don't think he's going to help you really till March. But mm-hmm. if you can afford to, like, if you're holding a guy who's hurt, like, I don't, I don't, I just think you have to pick up Middleton right now. He, he really shouldn't be on the wire. Yeah, and that that was my advice. Like, okay, anyone who owns Chandler Parsons, please cut him immediately and pick up Chris Middleton. Um, in in a similar situation that you were just mentioning, you know, if you if you're cruising towards the playoffs, uh, yeah, pick him up. It, it it's great. Um, but without an IR, uh, you know, an IR spot, and if you're not guaranteed to make the playoffs, I think it's a bit too early. It's just too risky for me because it's yes, multiple reports have said he's targeting the All Star break, but we know how that goes. It doesn't always come to fruition. Um, once he comes back, he's probably gonna have a minute limit, possible back to back restrictions. There's just a lot of question marks there, and as you said, he probably won't help you till March. So, you know, it's not for everyone, but I think if you're in the right situation. Every report has been positive, and you should go pick them up. Yeah. And the All-Star break's big, man. The The NBA All-Star break is really long now. It's a good week and a half. So um, that whole week and a half is another week and a half that him being out doesn't hurt you. 
So mm-hmm. uh, I like him there. And then Ben Simmons. Uh, and then we I have to talk about this really quick. Uh, have you heard about the raise the cat phenomenon? <laughs> I have not. Okay, so Ben Simmons a big, is a big cat guy. And there's a picture of him with a couple cats. And uh, this one guy on Philadelphia, he started this whole... Like, when the Sixers would win... They would all post pictures of raising their cats and hashtag raise the cat. It's amazing. Uh, it's one of my favorite. <laughs> like, it's so just people holding their cats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If you if you Google or even Twitter, yeah, sorry, if you up. if you hashtag raise the cat, it'll it'll come up. It's so funny, man. Uh, right. Yeah. But anyways, uh, and then I, ben, I, and as, then, as, a, as a random aside, I, I want to give a shout out to the NBA Cat Watch, which is the website. <laughs> That that uh, you know sells merchandise um, and raises money for animal shelters, and they it's basically just a comprehensive list of every NBA player, past and present, who has a cat, loves their cat, <laughs> has anything to do with a cat. It's a crazy website. Yeah, and they donate to like cat charities too, which is pretty. Yeah, cool. yeah, yep, for sure. And then also, um, was it so? Someone had a a tweet that is gonna uh, actually it's Max, my boy Max Rappaport. Uh, he has. Uh, donations going to like cat charities because of, he's doing like a raise the cat T-shirt, uh, uh, which is pretty yeah. cool. Um, and yeah, Ben Simmons, he was like, uh, he tweeted out, "What's with this whole raise the cat thing?" And people told him why. And then an hour later, he tweets out a picture hashtag raise the cat of him raising his two cats. Oh, <laughs> it's awesome. so funny. Uh, okay, so cats aside uh, what are we uh, what about what about Ben Simmons cats as in categories uh, do you do you see him as a, a pickup we, we've talked about this quite a few times but has yeah, it been changed for you I need to record myself on loop and just hit play at this point because I'm uh, <laughs> as I've said before I'm leery of his, his low field goal percentage his terrible free throw percentage his high turnovers he's better in points leagues better in DFS the end yeah same here. Uh, I think I'm a little maybe because I w- love the Sixers so much. Um, I mean, if Middleton's gone and you're like, oh, I missed the boat on Middleton, and your team is just if you're hanging consistently in like four or five, need a little push. Because I mean, I- I'll admit, and you'll admit too, we were both lower on Embiid than we thought everyone was. For sure. Um, so I mean, maybe it's the same thing. Maybe maybe Simmons comes back and kills the game. Maybe Brett Brown is the new Greg Popovich and can turn. Water into wine with basketball players. So, yeah. Uh, do you like that with the, with the wine thing? Because he has, he, has he has a winery, by the way. Um, okay, so, yeah, I, I'm a little bit warmer. I mean, I, I, I think you should pick him up and see what happens. The Sixers, and Brett Brown, I think for the first time ever, said, okay, he's going to play this season. I love hearing that. So, we're going to get him. I don't yeah. think it's a matter, I think it's a matter of more when, not if, when it was the other way around. So, yeah, I like him. Yeah, it's like sometime after the All-Star break currently is the vague expectation yeah. for Simmons. Is that right? Yeah, there was a little report saying he could debut a very uncredible report, no offense, um, saying he could play Friday uh, on that. Because ESPN switched it uh, from a... I'm sorry, it got, ESPN picked it up, if you will. And yeah, it's that someone was like, okay, he could, he could play for that game against Houston. It was going to be a great game and all that, but... Yeah. No. Uh, so, yeah, like you said, after All-Star break, uh, Middleton's a way better stash for sure. But, yeah, I'm cool with Stash and Simmons, man. If, if your team needs a boost, man, we'll see what happens. Uh, okay, so just quickly on Stotts, we're going a little longer than I thought, which we typically do. Um, what, do you, what do you think about the weekend for Stotts, man? He went kind of bold. Uh, big win in Boston, by the way. Back-to-back game. Boston rested two days. Portland coming from Philly. They had an overtime win. C.J. McCollum saved the day. Uh, and they did start Noah Vonley and Evan Turner, who was phenomenal, by the way, in that game. And a re- double revenge game from Philly to Boston. Uh, and he, he split there. So what, And Amino played all right. So any takeaways from this lineup switch? Or this is just Terry Stotts being Terry Stotts? Well, I wouldn't be surprised if it sticks for a while, uh, especially because they won. They've been vastly underproducing this year, so I think you know they needed a, a jolt, and this seems to have done the trick at least for one night. So I, I expect it to continue going forward at least for a while. Um, but in terms of minutes and people's roles and fantasy value, I didn't see too much that really shakes me, except Harkless, who you know he barely played in the fourth quarter, didn't play in overtime. Um, I think he got a total of 
like six minutes, maybe maybe less in the in the entire second half. Mm. Um, so that's that's very concerning, and he was already kind of on the downslope. So if this keeps up for another game or two, just cut him out, right? I don't think you'll you'll regret the decision. Yeah, no upside, man. We we saw his peak upside, and he was what seventh round. Yeah, something like that. Who cares? Um, he's really fallen off since that that one game out. Uh, what is he shooting? I want to say like twenty eight percent, something like that. Yeah, no, my bad. I was way low on that, twenty three percent. And yeah, he's 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 all right, and he's more of a system player like Kawhi Leonard is. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm definitely cool with cutting Harkless for any of these. Like I would cut him for Simmons. I would cut him for obviously Levert, no brainer. Um, you know, anybody who just needs need need a little jolt. Um, definitely Harkless is kind of a big cut candidate this week. Okay, so and then. Vonley, nothing. And also, uh, Aminu's played a lot better lately, by the way. I mean, we should talk yeah. about him. He couldn't shoot worth a, a damn. <laughs> but he's been better there. Uh, he's always been a decent blocks and steals guy. His rebounds are solid. Does he do anything for you? Yeah, I mean, he's a fine low-end guy. Um, mostly for the boards, a couple blocks, steal here and there. Um, he's hitting his free throws lately, which is nice. Um, still not shooting the ball all that well over the past two weeks at under 40%, but... Um, he, he's just a low end guy who I wouldn't hesitate to cut if a better, hotter, more promising free agent hit the wire. Yeah. Um, but decent to own, especially in deeper leagues. He's in that kind of Baysmore level, where it's like, all right, he can help me, but yeah, do I, I really want to? Yeah, I do too for sure. But I'm just saying the guys that'll just be there right. and help you, and then you'll have that game. where like, why did I pick this guy up? <laughs> yeah, he's the kind of guy like like a uh, Cody Zeller, for instance. I've I've owned probably ten times in different leagues i keep cutting him and every time i go back to the wire and look in search of a big man he's there yeah and i'm like okay he's got back-to-back games i'll play him and then cut him for someone else and yeah, it, it, yeah it's just in that group of sort of rotating low-end people yeah i swear I, with cody zeller I've, I've written probably like i want to say 10 times like no one's jealous of you owning cody zeller <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, like, he's good i mean he, he he hangs around mid-level when he's when he's on i think he's in a good groove yeah. hibbert had a good weekend but He's falling off. Obviously, Spencer Hawes isn't really the answer. So the minutes are there. He shoots the ball well. A little bit of blocks, a little bit of boards. Just, uh, yeah, just he's kind of like just a low, enough. Yeah, exactly. Just enough to kind of not keep you mad like these other guys are talking about. Okay, so we are, man, we're going long today. All right, we'll zip through this buy low so high. Uh, who you got for a buy low? I'm going with Steven Adams just because his concussion huh. has probably been frustrating owners. I think you should capitalize now. That's it. Boom. I love it. Um, what else? <laughs> that was just the quickest answer. He was hanging like mid-round. like He was almost like top 50 for a while with this uptick in free throw percentage. For um, sure. So yeah. Oh, and one other thing I'll say about him. Uh, I, I think his owners might be worried about Ennis Cantor. Uh, I'm not. So no. I think, you know, one more reason to sort of take advantage of the situation. Yeah, for sure. Um, so where do you see him? Like top 65, 70, 80? Yeah, to, uh, uh, top sixty-five doesn't seem too aggressive for me. He was he was top sixty for uh, you know at least the past six weeks, I think, prior to the injury. So I think it's completely sustainable. Yep, uh, I'm with you, man. I, th- I think I'm a shade lower than that, but no, I'm, I can't argue. Uh, guy I picked who kind of had a bad weekend with new opportunity is Lamarcus Aldrich. Uh, he's been pretty bad lately, uh, mm-hmm. but he gets a good two percent usage rate bump. He's actually five percent better on true shooting. Uh, with with Gasol off the court, so he hasn't hit yet, but I think he's going to have a really good month and a half. Uh, a guy who's been kind of middling with mid round value. I think he I think he's going to be like a top twenty five thirty kind of a player for the next month and a half or so. So I like him there. Um, I know I think you're more of a Lamarcus guy than I am, but yeah, I like him. I mean, he's I'd like to see some steals, maybe another. Yeah. Couple more blocks, but he doesn't turn the ball over. He never hurts you in percentages. Um, and recently, I think his scoring could explode. But teams have been just drenching him in double teams every yeah. single time he touches the ball. So his assists are up a little bit, uh, but the scoring and and shots are down. So I, I think he'll figure it out. The Spurs are too good to to let their uh, you know one of their best players sort of struggle like that for too long. So I, yeah, I'm with you. I think he'll bounce back quickly. Anything you want to add on Kawhi, really quick? Uh, with how amazing he's been. 
No, just just that. <laughs> yeah. He's been unbelievable. He was my my uh, before the season started. I picked him as my dark horse MVP candidate, yep. and uh, it's it's going to go to Harden. But I think Kawhi is making a legit case. Yeah. Okay, so uh, so highs. I'll go first. I picked Markeith Morris. Uh, he is killing right now. Uh, Post an early round value. He's shooting the ball extremely well. His blocks are up. His steals are up. His assists are up. His boards are up. Everything's up. So trade him. <laughs> trade him right now. There you go. Another succinct answer. I like it. And um, fortunately, I put down, I cheated and had two answers for this, one of which was Markeith Morris. Nice. So I will go with my second, which is Derek Rose. Um, the Knicks are just dysfunctional. Um, I don't trust Rose's health. I don't trust his efficiency. And he's been really good lately. So I think this is the moment. What can you get from him, though? Anything? Well, I don't know. Would you take anything? Anything? Would you take Levert? He's he's had a a crazy amount of like name brand goodwill over the years. Like <laughs> that, I don't know, man. That that MVP season seems to have really stuck in fantasy owners' minds because yeah. he's been terrible for years. Yet he consistently goes higher than he should. So, um, you, I'm sorry. What was your question? Would I trade him for Carlos Levert? Would you rather have Levert or Rose? <laughs> that's, a t- that's a tough. <laughs> this question. is where we are. Yeah. <laughs> this is what we do on the podcast. Yeah, um, I, I guess I'd go with Rose, maybe. I don't know. I feel bad saying that. No, maybe LeVert. Yeah, I, don't know. I, I would take LeVert for sure. But yeah, yeah to your point, um, like the old saying goes, the, the price is whatever someone's willing to pay for him. So yeah, I if, think if, you're right. I yeah, think so if someone, if someone likes Rose for the name, then yeah, sure. I mean, if Would like, you rather have Rose or Cody Zeller? Cody Zeller for sure. Yeah, Dude, I hate Rose, man. I don't. I I'm, I haven't owned Rose for years, man. I don't. Even... I know, but it's crazy. Like people listening to this are probably going like pulling yeah. their hair out. Like yeah. D Rose is the man. Like yeah. no, he's not. MVP, MVP. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Carlos Burt's gonna get an MVP soon. Don't worry. Okay. All right. Questions. We didn't have this many because then we had a lot to talk about. Uh, but Austin Lowry's asking, which side would you rather have? Kind of a big deal. Damian Lillard, Harry B, that's Harrison Barnes, the uninitiated, Tristan Thompson, throw-in player, versus Paul Millsap, DeAndre Jordan, or D'Angelo Russell? Um, so although Lillard's the best player in this uh, six-player swap, and I usually you know, give great weight to that, mm. I, I got to go with the second grouping of Millsap, DeAndre, and uh, Russell. Yeah. I just think. DJ's been awesome lately. Millsap's going to be better than what we've seen. And Russell, if he's healthy at least, uh, has great rest of season upside. Agree. I'd, I don't think there's a massive, or even, um, there's a very little drop. Millsap's played really well lately. He hasn't had that like kind of pow game lately where it's like he has that 3-3 three and three blocks and steals, 8-9 mm-hmm. boards. He hasn't had that kind of game. But his efficiency's up. I've really been encouraged by Millsap. I guess you can call him a buy low. Um, yeah, DJ, it depends on team fit, but this is easy, man. Um, like, Lillard, Willstab, close, DJ, Will, DJ Harry B, close, and then Russell over Tristan Thompson all day, uh, even though he's hurt. Okay, so Mike Condon's asking, would you drop Collison to stash Middleton? So I kind of threw this in there to put a little bit of substance to what we talked about earlier. He has an 11-game lead in his division, by the way. Yeah, so the... I mean, the 11-game lead is sweet, and I, I still wouldn't do that right now. No? I think Collison has enough rest-of-season juice. I'd like to see what happens. You know, the Kings might trade him to a better situation. They might trade him to a worse situation, at which point you can cut him and go about your day. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I'd, I'd stick with a healthy starting point guard um, over Middleton at this point. I mean, if he has an 11-game lead, I'm, I would do that in a second. Uh, and I'm I'm the Collison guy. I, I'm I love Collison, but uh, if you're sitting there and you want to win your championship, you want a difference maker. And Collison isn't that. Right. I thought he might be, but he's not. Um, they're running a lot of stuff through other guys. Ty Austin's been pretty legit, uh, which I was wrong about. Okay, so Blizzard Nuts is asking. Um, <laughs> this kills me. Um, Miles Turner or Al Horford? I feel like we've had this question before. What do you What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean that's a tough one. Um, I I love Al Horford, uh, but I I think I would go with Turner by hair. 
as much as that pains me. Yeah, I, I would take Turner. Um, I think about. I think someone asked me this in like around Thanksgiving, and I said Horford, but um, Turner looks really good, man. Um, top five in blocks, good good percentages. A little bit of his boards have been better lately. He's he's really really good. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. That earlier in the season, I would have definitely said Horford. Yeah. Like even even after Turner's hot start the first month, whatever, yeah. uh, I would have gone Horford. But I think at this point, we've we've got a large enough sample size that I'll take Miles. Yeah, he's the real deal. Uh, and then Jay Jay Rubiano is asking a similar question: Horford or Clay? Uh, that I go Horford every time there. Yeah, I do too. We'll just leave it at that. And then Enrico Neto is asking Gary Harris or Harkless. I have a funny feeling I know where you're going there. That's <laughs> probably the easiest question we've had all night, yeah. and that is Gary Harris. Yeah, hands down. Uh, like we said, Harris trending up, Harkless trending down. If it's ever close, I always go with the trending up guy every single time. You with me on that too? Yeah, I mean, just makes good sense. Yep. Who cares, man? Harkless doesn't have the upside. Harris does for sure. That's all right. Another consideration, not just who's. You know, played well the past two weeks, but you're right. Like, look at their overall upside. Yeah, definitely. All right, so we had a long pod, man. I knew we were, I knew it. You called it. You told me it goes quick, and we didn't. But <laughs> here we are. So hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, fun pod. If you have a cat and the Sixers win, then you better raise him up or her up. Uh, so you guys enjoy your week. Good luck, and thanks for coming on, Ryan. You got it, Mike. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.